Hi and hello and welcome to the latest Somerset Sky Point podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Fogler, joined by co-host, the principal himself, the Mr. Amazing, the legend, <laughs> Mr. Esplin. How are you doing, sir? Great. I, thought, I, needed, I needed a good laugh today. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it would just be a shocking one. For anybody listening at home, well, no, there is absolutely zero that I plan. I just go right off the cuff when I start this. But it will be amazing because our guest today talking about the special <laughs> gate program uh, Ms. Schmidt, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm a little tired from testing kids, but I'm pretty excited to tell everybody what the gate program is all about. All right, so do you want to just get by started? By the way, it's Schmitty. Schmitty. Yeah. Schmitty, is that what we're going <laughs> with? So, Schmitt, Schmitty, whatever. And your daughter, uh, the actual host of the Friday show, so yes. that that's pretty exciting. That, But so just overall people listening at home, how would you give like a trailer to what the gate program is? Uh, GATE stands for Gifted and Talented Education, and it's a program to help students who might need some instruction to help them develop some of their gifted skills beyond what they're learning in the classroom. Okay, and then, because I was picturing it as a GATE, so I guess that that wouldn't work. Were were you in the GATE program, Mr. Espoon? Well, I was thinking of it as all your friends (laughs) were in the GATE program, and then there was John, so you probably had that GATE in between you. Wait, so you're saying, I was not in the GATE program, I can admit that. Were you in the gay program? They didn't have a gay program when I grew up. <laughs> Aging you out? Um, yeah. They definitely had the gay program when I was a they kid. They didn't I was have not it in the olden days when well, Mr. Esplin was going to school. I, I think I've told this story. This is 100% true. I was in elementary, and because of my like energy, they put me in a self-contained classroom. And so I was in this like little room, and all I could see out of like all, everybody could just see my eyes, and I'd be looking at all the kids playing. It drove me crazy. So wow, that's <laughs> where I grew up. <laughs> We were all gifted. We just all opened our packages at different times. (laughs) That's a good call out there. There you go. All right. So for parents listening at home, because I think this mainly is going to be for the parents listening to this, uh, the podcast. Yes. So what would the parents need to know about how to get into the gate program? How does the application work? How does that all get started? Okay. So I've gotten several emails from parents. So I think it's important to kind of just educate our third, fourth, and fifth grade parents on how the program works and if they want to know how to get their child into the gate program. And I think the first thing that parents need to understand or really ask themselves, is my child smart or is my child gifted? Because those are two very different um, characteristics. Yeah. So um, just to give an example of like the differences between smart and gifted is you might have a child who's really smart Um, And they ask you a lot of questions, but they're almost like literal questions. What's six times four? Do you know what 482 plus 973 is? They're they're very literal questions like that. Whereas a GATE student, somebody who's gifted might ask you questions that really have no answer yet. They're more continuously wondering aloud about things that don't really have answers, Um, like what's inside of a black hole like they're they're thinking far beyond just um academic knowledge so there's kids who are really good at school and their academic knowledge is really high and you know they're great at math or they're really good readers or maybe they're talented writers sometimes gifted students are thinking so far beyond those concepts that some of those academic areas might actually suffer. Um, Sometimes they don't, but sometimes they do. Um, GATE students generally tend to be intensely focused or intensely interested 
in topics that the average child might not be interested in, um, like geography or history, um, those types of things. Normally, a third grader is not excited about geography. So if you if you have somebody who's really intensely focused on some subject that is just not really the norm for their age, um, that might be a sign. But if you are really smart and you want to be in the GATE program and you test and you end up not making it, that doesn't mean that you're not smart. I've been telling all the students as they come in, if you go into an ice cream shop and you see chocolate ice cream and vanilla ice cream, they're both ice cream, just like there are smart kids in the GATE program and there are smart kids who are not in the GATE program. They're both smart. They're just different flavors. And so I explained to them that I'm looking for a particular flavor of smart. And that flavor is kids who are, who think outside the box. They don't think very linearly. They think randomly they're good at puzzles and that kind of stuff. Yes. You, you stick some kids in a one of those escape rooms. Yes. They can figure it would out. be your gifted kids that would help you get out. Right. Not necessarily. It doesn't mean they're not smart, um, but they think outside the box. They think very differently than... Um, the escape room is an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. Because... I've had a lot of gate students in my time back in CCSD that were not your your best students academically as far as grades because... Um, sometimes grades aren't that important to a gate kid because they they think very differently. Now, not always. Some of your gate kids are also your straight-A students, but um, you can't always, just because a kid isn't a straight-A student doesn't mean they're not a gifted kid. Right, like Albert Einstein. I was about to just ask about be him. Great, because or John Fogler would be a great no, example. I, I, of I for sure wasn't engaged. John hot mess. Fogler would be that, a hot <laughs> <laughs> I, I would I would be able to say you know like gifted would be like the Dallas Cowboys and just smart would be like the you know um, Green Bay Packers. Or I love how you have to pick the team of the person that's in here that we have to insult. It doesn't matter because I mean what how many times have the uh, the uh, Cowboys won a playoff game in the last couple of years? <clears throat> well, zero. Oh, that's they, right. They, I forgot. They were gifted back in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> they were, and then they got an owner who wasn't gifted. No. <laughs> Even though he was the owner when they won, so he, I think he just wanted too much control. Yeah. But so, like, for parents that are listening to this, because I think my question would be as a parent, because my son also goes here, um, uh, but obviously not in elementary school, would be. Are there things that they would be able to notice in this? Because, like, okay, if there's no escape room, like, how else would they notice? Because usually I would think you would look at the academics. So, Well, to the first thing we do look at, you know, we look at MAP scores because we have to have some sort of litmus test that is reference normed, um, not to get boring or anything. So we do sort of look at those MAP scores, but that's not the be-all, end-all. So uh, teachers might look at MAP scores, but they're also going to look at, certain behaviors, questioning skills, problem solving skills, those types of things, parents can start looking at the same thing. And if for any parents who are listening, if you're curious if your child might be gifted, just email me and let's have a conversation and see what are you noticing um, that's maybe beyond the regular academics of the classroom. I think it's important though to understand that if your child is doing very well academically, 
that it's not an automatic that they are gifted and that if they don't qualify for the GATE program, it doesn't mean that it they're not a great student and super smart. Mm. Yeah, it's just a different kind of smart um, that that looks a little different on everybody. But once they do qualify, um, it's a there's two tests that they have to take. It's a matrix of points. So it doesn't come down to like if I like the kid or if I think they're gifted. It comes down to a mathematical equation that is unequivocal. Um, so that I like that it's kind of black and white like that. Um, but once they do qualify, then I'll start pulling them out of the classroom up to 150 minutes a week is how much they have to get pulled out. And we'll start working on projects that take what they're learning in the classroom and go a little deeper. So just I'm just going to use one example because there are many. Um, let's say that if you are in fourth grade and you're reading about the American Revolution in your CKL, CKLA unit, in the GATE program, we might be researching how the Magna Carta led to revolutions and how the revolutions led to the building of laws and the writing of the Constitution and then finishing it up with like a mock trial of the Boston Massacre or something like that. So, but we could we could do some language lessons where we have three different languages, French, Spanish, and you know, Portuguese or something, and or Chinese, and we start sorting them according to their vowel structures, something that goes beyond what they're learning in the classroom. That enriches, not necessarily, we're not just going to do projects that are just for fun and whatever it is I happen to be interested in, because I like NASA and space. It's a fa one of my favorite topics, but that doesn't mean I have the right to just make up a bunch of projects. So everything we do in the GATE program is going to be based on our standards. And GATE students have a whole extra set of standards from the National Association for Gifted Children that also has to be implemented in their lessons. That sounds awesome. I love the idea cool. of a mock trial. I've never seen a mock trial ever in elementary. I've only seen it in middle and high school. So I would love to see the yeah. students doing So a we're going to get into like some um, Socratic seminar is one of my favorite teaching strategies that I've used for a really long time. Um, and it's great for argumentation. So hopefully Scott Warren will start to see more kids signing up for speech and debate that got, you know, exposed to rhetoric, ethos, pathos, logos, and all of those things in elementary school and can continue to build on. Well, special shout out to you, Mr. Orrin. I have to have Mr. Orrin on Mr. Orrin. the podcast. He's one of our English star teachers <laughs> and also does the speech and debate class. Um, I've actually partaken in the speech and debate class and it's fun to see the kids' kids. They get so excited and they, some of them make really good points that I'm like, hey, I'm open to the change of um, ideas here. Right. So is there anything else that you would like parents are really important that they need to know about the GATE program? Um, I think beyond how to recognize if your child is a GATE student is the biggest, uh, probably the biggest question that parents have. I don't think parents are necessarily interested in the legalities of the GATE program and, you know, all of those types of things. But because this is our first year having the GATE program at our school, it's very new to those of us who've had our children here for a long time. Um, and it might be difficult to disassociate that your child is smart, but they're not necessarily gifted. And um, it's okay if you send me an email and you know you wanna know more about it, 
but I'll, I'll certainly email you back and be honest and tell you if they're a good candidate or not because the testing process is really difficult. It's actually quite arduous, arduous. And the kids who are working really hard and they have a lot of confidence and their self-esteem is very much wrapped up in their intellect at school, they and then they don't make it into the GATE program, it can actually, it's really difficult for them. So I wanna avoid that, just arbitrary referring just for, you know, just out of curiosity's sake so that we can just make more strategic choices on who we who we test. That all makes sense. Um, so parents listening at home, if they do have questions, they should obviously reach out to you. Absolutely, Jennifer.Schmidt, SomersetNV.org. I've been here for a thousand years. For those of you who don't know my name, I'm the lady at Carpool who's been at Carpool for 10 years. I have like all these Carpool friends that I see every single day that I've gotten to know for a long time. And at the start of every year, I always have parents that come up to me and say, hey, you're that lady out of carpool. Some of them didn't even know I was a teacher. <laughs> Listen, what you do is amazing. That line scares me. <laughs> I did it years. one day. A thousand years. I didn't I've know been you were a dinosaur. Carpool. I said, it's been a thousand. One well, thousand years. I went out there one time. I know. And I lasted, what, before I was told, like, hey, you're going to get hit by a car. <laughs> it's I, hard not to just turn around. Well, you jumped out in traffic, so there's A. <laughs> and then you turned your back on traffic to talk to me. I did that a couple I, times. I whipped you around and said, quit turning your back on the traffic. You can talk to me all you want. You just cannot have your back to the traffic. Yeah, I, I lose focus a lot. I, I mean, anybody who knows me knows. I know. It is like a squirrel that goes over there so, in the corner. I had to kick you out of traffic because you were going to. You were going to get ran over. Not, I know. Yeah. And then I haven't been back to traffic, which isn't, honestly, I'm kind of happy I haven't been back out there because you were like making it sound like it was so easy on the radio, it but is. no, it is not easy. You're like, oh, just look at this. Tell the color. First of all, I can't even see the name on it. It's like, I have to have to wear my glasses and then I can't, and then you're telling me the color and then you're saying it so fast. I know. Then you're like, try it. And I'm like, nope. no, thank you. <laughs> I'm good. I'll just avoid this. I'll be on the sidewalk. So before you go, though, just uh, I have uh, some hard-hitting questions. I don't yeah. know if you've listened to the other podcasts, especially from your daughters come I've up heard with some good ones. of my, of my the, daughters. daughters yeah. one. So we have one. So we have to ask this question. I feel like it's never going to go away. Office or Friends, what's the better show? Okay. So my answer is more complicated than some that I've heard in the past. I am actually going to work with Marcy Jacobs, our film studies teacher, on a movie rubric grading system that I use to judge movies because I I hate people asking me, what's your favorite movie? Because that's not how it works. So, Office or Friends, my answer is, it depends on what mood I'm in, which one I want to watch or like more. Okay, but that's the incorrect answer. But I mean, it... I That's get the it. gifted answer. That, <laughs> yours might just be the so smart answer. So you just want to be smart and not understand anything? <laughs> yes. Then yours it, the you... <laughs> Which is fine. I, so far, 100% of the people I brought on have had a choice. So I don't know what that says about the, the people I brought in the episode. So you made a choice too. So you're in there as well. <laughs> what, what I'm saying is you – there's not a lot of sense to The Office, so you don't have to be very smart to be able to watch The Office. You just this like to, the fourth, you just have to laugh. You're like stupidity. the fourth guest that has brought this up that there is like no kind of intelligent humor on there. I argue that there's a ton of intelligent yeah, humor. I would argue on that there. there is a ton. There's more intelligent humor on The Office than I would say. Yeah, in I would. I would probably agree with you there. Yeah, because <laughs> there's a lot of like 
you have to catch that one look from Dwight in order to get the joke or the, you know, and they break the fourth wall all the time. Mm-hmm. Do you know, do you yeah. know what that is? Do you yeah. want to explain it to you? You can, you okay. can explain it you to know, the audience, but they I have know seen what a lot is. of movies that break the fourth wall. Yes. They and that is a hard to thing to do. That is a very hard thing to pull off. Friends never does it. And sometimes friends can be a little bit silly, but if you're in a silly mood, friends is for you. And so before See? we you don't finish have this to episode. Think to watch friends. Right. You can just enjoy. You can just enjoy. And sometimes cognitive rest is important. And when you're in when you're in quadrant four, <laughs> you don't want to really have to be doing a lot of thinking. Right. I, when I went to the training, I was thinking I was like, I was going to be in quadrant four 99% of my time. You hang out there a lot, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Six o'clock, you're pretty productive. <laughs> Six a.m. Six to seven a.m. And then after that, <laughs> the rest of the day. But before you go, I really do. We want to highlight this. We are going to be doing a special episode very soon where we bring back everybody who's been here since the beginning. And since you're one of those, we want to thank you because it's obviously like building the history, like building the culture of this school. The whole point of this podcast is to be a time capsule so that in 10, 15 years, um, when Mr. Esplin retires, that we can go back and we can listen to all of these episodes. I hope he makes it that long. I mean, he's Me too. getting up there. so He's not going to make it that long. <laughs> I just keep on putting it into his yeah. ear. So. Did yeah. You say, did you say two to three? I I don't <laughs> think I said that. I don't think I said that at all. Oh. No, I actually started at the North Las Vegas campus. I was started there the second year they were opened, and then me and a whole bunch of other people opened this building. So we have memories of walking through the building with hard hats on and the walls and furniture being delivered there was no high school it was really interesting so i think you just gave us the ultimate trailer for the next episode there because that's what we're going to be talking about so i guess it's going to have to drop yep okay thank <laughs> you so much and we'll see you guys next time yay thanks